I want to tell you about that question. Question being, what's the most dangerous bad idea thing that I've ever done? There's a whole lot of them. <laughs> There's too many to count, I think. And if I sat down, I'd have, I'd probably have quite a list. And, and truth is, you would too. And, and some of you don't want to talk about that stuff. And I can't blame you. But uh, I remember one time I was 18 years old and I had just graduated high school and went down to, jumped in my 64 Comet. Anybody remember those? I think it was a Mercury Comet, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, that was my car, three-speed on the column, really small six-cylinder engine. And I went to Florida and I lived down there and I worked and stuff. And on my trip back, my radiator overheated. Okay, so I pull off the side of the road. I'm in Kentucky. I'm in Kentucky, and I'm heading to Cincinnati where my family is. My radiator's overheated, and I'm 18. I take a a rag. You know what's coming here, right? (laughs) And as I twist this open, I'm thinking, what in the world are you doing? It was a bad idea, but I did it. Uh, I got it. I got it here. I got it. You know, it was it was a burn. It was very painful. One of the most dangerous, one of the, the dangerous bad ideas that uh, things that I've done, and of course there are a lot of those. This morning, I, I'm, I want to address this kind of an interim sermon. We just finished up a series last week, and there's some things that are just kind of on my heart that I want to share with you, but I want you to know this is, this is not an easy sermon. It's also a sermon that you're either going to hate or you're going to love. Some of you are going to hate it because uh, you'll think I'm being too hard. Some of you will hate it because you think I'm not being hard enough. But I want you to know I'm making every effort to be biblical. Every effort to be biblical in my guidance as a pastor to you. Okay? We're talking about danger areas. Okay? Uh, or, or danger zones. And that, that's, that's how that is. I want to talk about this. And, and I want to talk about the danger zones that Christians visit. <laughs> now you know why you might, you might not like it. And uh, just, just know that trying to be as biblical as I can. I'm not here to give people license to sin, but also want to, I want to bring you to a place where you understand what God's purpose and will is for you in some of, in, in some of the areas. Now, because when we walk out of here today and we, walk, and we go through our lives, uh, whether, we're, whether it's school, by the way, uh, yes, it's school's coming up, right? I mean, uh, Labor Day's this weekend. I mean, it's Monday and uh, we're kind of getting back to school. I mean, next week, a lot of you will go right back to school. I don't know if anybody started yet. Anybody? Yeah. Some college has started, and some of you, yeah. And as we walk through life, we've got decisions to make. If you're a Christian, you've given your heart to Jesus. You've given your life to Jesus, right? Okay? And not just because you go to church. You've given your life to Christ, and you've made a commitment to live for Him. Okay? There's a whole lot out, a whole lot in the world, isn't there? There are a lot of things that will hook you and pull you to the left and the right. Now, I understand there's, you, can, you can go into the, the Ten Commandments and you'll find, Doubt shall not do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Those are real clear. Truth is, we even have problems with those, don't we? <laughs> don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Don't, don't covet somebody else's, uh, you know, I've, the, uh, you know, their donkey, their, I mean, their, their wife, their, 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 their children, their property. I mean, we have problems with some of the things that are very, very clear. So uh, when I speak of the, some of the things that aren't so clear, this is where you're either going to love me or hate me, I think. 
And the, 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 real, the real blend is not that I'm not being biblical because I'm trying to be biblical here. I may, it may just cut against something that you want to do. Does that make sense? But, but know this, my purpose is to guide and to keep people away from the fence. Keep people out of danger as a pastor. And you see this in, you see this in the writings of the Apostle Paul. He will say there are some things, you see, I say this not by command, but by permission. Can I say some of the things that I will say to you this morning are by permission? Okay? okay. But, they're, but they're in line and they're, and they're, they're consistent with, with the spirit of what I see God doing and God wanting in you and for me as, as a believer. Okay? Um, Forbidden zones, or I mean, some play some some of these danger zones. I'm going to be repetitive here. Some of these danger zones uh, that Christians visit, some are places or things that Scripture does not openly forbid. Others are zones uh, forbidden by Scripture. But we go, we visit, and we work hard to justify why we've been there, why we go there. Does that make sense? Now. Um, at best, some of these uh, are things which simply hinder our relationship with God. In other words, they reduce our forward momentum as believers. And perhaps they, re- they hinder others who look to us uh, as examples when we visit and do some of the things that are out there. Right? At worst... Some of these danger zones become a place where we ourselves are mastered and enslaved. Can I say that one more time? Some of these danger zones that, I, that I'm going to talk about, and I don't have time to talk about all of them. I'm not sure we want to anyway. Are, are places that we visit, but we find ourselves mastered? You, know, you understand what I mean by mastered? Mastered and or enslaved. God has, has called you to freedom, but that is not license. God has given you his Holy Spirit to direct you. He has given his word to direct you. One thing that God can or will not do or cannot do, I don't know why. Or, or I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of that is overwhelm your will and my will. Does that make sense? In a sense, he lays it out and says, this is the right way, walk you, walk you therein. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm lapsing into King James here. Here is the way, walk therein. Okay? But he, but he doesn't make us walk therein. He shows us the way. He says, my word is a lamp to your feet to guide your path. But you're still the one, you and I are still the ones who are doing the walking. Okay? So I'm going to, I'm just going to cover three areas this morning when it comes to, uh, you know, first of all, but before I, I want to talk a, a little bit about Christian liberty and danger zone and bad, I, you know, could I say danger zones are bad ideas? Uh, let's turn, turn with me to uh, Corinthians, the uh, first Corinthians, the sixth chapter. And verses 12 through 20. I like this passage of scripture, but I believe it's been misunderstood by many people. 
as I look at the whole book of the first Corinthians, it's written as a letter. I begin to get a feel for, for the things that, that the Apostle Paul is wrestling with with the Corinthian church. We, we can be very condemning to the, Christian, for the Corinthian church, but the truth is sometimes we wrestle with some of the same things or some of the same motives or some of the same uh, things inside of us that want to direct our lives and guide our lives. He says, uh, Paul, uh, Paul speaking to this, now this is just pulled, pulled out of the scriptures. I, I could go back a few verses and he says, or do you not know, this is, this is verse 9, it's not in there, in the same chapter. Do you not know that the, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, which is people who engage in sex before marriage, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that, that has a reference to perversions, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor, uh, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And he says to them, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but, uh, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Now, now before you think I'm, I'm just laying the law down, these, this is, I didn't write that. We're talking about people who, who persist in these lifestyles. When God, Christ comes into your life, if you've never experienced this before, you need to experience this. He will convict you of sin. He convicted me of sin. He still does. Now the purpose and the, and the point of that is that I would turn to him and be healed and be saved. And be delivered from the things that enslave me. Sin enslaves us, folks. These lifestyles will enslave. Now, he's speaking to the Corinthian church, which, you know, truth is, we can't be too tough on them. They didn't, they don't, you know, most of you are sitting there with more scripture than any, than the whole church had. Okay? More guidance in your lap, in your hand, than they had. But here's Paul, and he says it this way. But all, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and stomach is for the food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is, is for the body. Now God has not only raised up the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is, is one body with her? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. The one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin that man commits is outside the body, but the, immoral, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you're not your own? You have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Now let me let me give you some some background here that, that makes that helps this whole thing make sense. Now recognize, if you read through the the the, the book of Corinthians, First Corinthians, yeah, he's wrestling with a lot of stuff. He's got you know there's early on, earlier on you find find this look he's talking to the Corinthian church. He said, got a problem. 
you got a guy in your church who has his father's wife. You know, incest. Duh. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Even he said, that's not a good idea. Now, what he's really talking about is he's referring, he, he, you know, yes, he dealt with this guy, but at least he gave instructions on how to deal with this situation. But really what he's dealing with is the arrogance of the church. He says, I don't understand you. How can you be so arrogant? Now, the arrogance that he, he identifies is found in this, this concept of liberty that the Corinthian church had. You've got to understand, uh, Christianity brought a degree of liberty and freedom to the, people, uh, to the people that they had never experienced before. They understood now that, that we're not under the law anymore. We have liberty. But what you see is as a recurring theme in the Corinthian book. In the book of Corinthians is something that, says, that something goes like this. It's almost like a mantra. You know, remember the mantra, you know, something that people chant, these, these other religious things? Or something like a slogan. The slogan was this, and you see this uh, in, in several places that he, that, he reads, he, uh, that, that we read here. He says, all things are lawful for me. They were using that. They were using that all things are lawful for me so that they, they could justify the kind of lives that they were living. And Paul is saying, time out. Time out, you got it all wrong. See, does that make sense to you? Because it's not, you know... It, 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 People can use that, and people have used that to justify all manner of things. And God has called us. He said, you're not your own. Usually when we use that statement to justify how we live and all the things that we might want to do, it's because we want it our way. Danger zone. But you see this throughout. I mean... I find it not only in 1 Corinthians 6 chapter, in 1 Corinthians the 10th chapter, he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all, all things do not edify. Let no one seek his own, but that of his neighbor. Eat everything that is sold in the meat market without asking questions for conscience sake. I mean, that's another issue, okay? That's, that's, there's pagan worship and things, and you know, you, you'd have to, that's another sermon altogether. And then we find 1 Corinthians 8, 9, he says, he's speaking to the same people. He says, but take care that this liberty of yours, he's almost spitting it at them because they're using it to justify the kind of lives that they're living. Take, but, take that, but take care that that liberty of yours does not somehow cause a stumbling block to the weak. For if some of you sees, some, someone sees you who have knowledge dining in an idol's temple, uh, will not his conscience, if he is weak, be, be strengthened to eat things sacrificed to idols? And we find that, okay. We don't, we don't necessarily wrestle with that today, do we? I mean, we don't, do we? Not, not exactly this thing. Christian liberty. 
Okay, let me give you the background of the Corinthian church. Pagan place. Pagan place. I know that we wrestle with, okay, you know, well, how, didn't, how could they not get this? You know, the whole thing about prostitution, about incest and stuff. Well, you've got to understand that that culture was a really, really rampantly sexual and perverted culture uh, in relationship to the Judeo-Christian uh, knowledge and values that we, know, that we have. Okay? See? I mean, you've got to understand, in that, in that setting, it was not uncommon for a, for a guy to have a mistress, some concubines, and wives. All right? Yeah, mistress for, 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 for pleasure, a concubines for the daily needs, and a wife to bear children. Yeah, that was the context. See? So, so when this guy was, you know, he's, he's, he's got his own, you know, he's got his thing going with, the, with his dad's, dad's wife. Uh, even, even the pagans thought that was a bad, a, a bad idea. But what they were saying is they were leaning on this thing. We have been set free from this. All things are lawful to me. That's what they were leaning on. Huh? See, how many of us have used that in the wrong way? And what he's saying here is, is, is Paul is, is confronting them throughout the, the, throughout the book of Corinthians. Says, and and what, he's, what he's really saying is that all things really aren't lawful for you. In fact, we can take the word lawful out. We've risen to another level. It's not about uh, what can I get away with. What's okay? What's acceptable? If we're still asking those kinds of questions, then we don't know the Holy Spirit who is in us. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to, to anyone? Okay. Danger zones. They... Uh, the Corinthian church used that yeah, as some type of theological justification for their activities. Yeah, you know, you ever done that? You ever seen that? All the herbs of the field. <laughs> All the herbs of the field were meant for the benefit of mankind, okay? So that justifies my wacky tobacco, okay, that I smell. All right, okay, okay. I mean, we can do those kind of things. If, if the motivation is, I want it my way, I'm going to find out, well, I don't see where anywhere in the Bible that it says don't smoke marijuana. Anybody? The absence of the word. I mean, so where do we go? Where do we go? When we find the direction that, that, that we can live in holiness and righteousness and peace, do you have to have a list of don'ts? Or, or does God by His Spirit and by the principles that we find throughout the Word of God, uh, do those things enable us to live in accordance with God's purpose and His plan? Or are we looking for loopholes so we can live the way we want to live? Not as simple as, I, this is the sermon, is not as simple as saying, well, okay, here's the, here's the black and white version. Okay, let me, let me talk to you about some danger zones. Okay, Alcohol. I told you some of you are not going to like what I'm, what I'm about to say. First of all, Jesus did turn water into wine. Yeah, he did. There was this little lady who was, uh, who was, she was, she was a part of the anti-booze thing, and she was doing this, and she was doing that, and, and, the, and the people were, uh, and the guy, the guy came to her and says, well, ma'am, uh, it's a little lady in the church, said, ma'am, Jesus turned water into wine, and she said, yes, and I'm not too happy about that either. <laughs> 
But we also see, we also see, now this is danger zone. Now, Timothy uh, lists the qualifications he said for bishops or leaders in the churches. You know, he, he mentions the word addiction, not addicted to wine, not given to much wine, okay? Not a, not a, not a complete, you know, there's no thing that says don't touch it, except for a Nazare- someone with a Nazaritic vow, okay? okay? Now, again, some of you don't like what I just said because that's not strong enough for you. I want to tell you, I want to remain biblical. Okay? And some of you are saying, uh, that's too hard, Pastor. That's too hard. You're, I feel you taking my bottle away from me. I'd love to. But I want to, I want to preach the word uh, and, and, and at least represent him perfectly well. But it's a danger zone. Alcohol is a danger zone. Proverbs 20 says, wine is a mocker, and strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived by it is not wise. There are many passages of Scripture like that. Then let me slip over into modern day stuff and tell you that anything like that, I mean, all you got to do is ride with a policeman on any Friday or Saturday night and see the destruction and so many will say, well, well you know, it's, it's just, you know, I, I don't have this. I'm not, look, I'm not saying to you that if you have a beer that you've sinned, the scripture speaks against drunkenness. And many of it, and some of you said, well, you know, I quit that a long time ago. Pastor, be careful. You're opening a Pandora's box. What I, what I want you to do is present a biblical view and then tell you it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. You have liberty there, but it's a bad idea. All you have to do is look around you. If you will open your eyes and just uh, for one moment and slip aside, uh, slip aside from your own desires and, and, and what feeds me, what I want to do, and say, what is it that will glorify God? What's dangerous here? You'll find that alcohol destroys lives. It's addictive. Paul said, Paul said it this way. He says, yeah, okay, all things are lawful, but I will not be mastered by it. These things have the capacity to master who you are. Destroy where you will go. You know, again, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not busting. It's like if I've, seen, I've been with people, they had a beer or they had something like that. I'm not here to bust you on that. I'm saying that is dangerous. It's danger zone. Does that make sense? That's what I believe is biblical. It's dangerous because it's addictive. It's dangerous because of what it does. Like I said, ride with any policeman on a Friday or Saturday night, and you will see you'll see the upside. You know, every once in a while, I'll get you know these pop up videos that come to me on on my my Facebook or whatever. You know, it's like. Or I'll see something that somebody does crazy or something. And I'll look at my wife and say, beer was involved in that. So what's, what's my recommendation? I speak this by permission, not by command. Stay away from it. I speak this by permission. My, as your pastor, I'd say, you're better off without it. All right, another one, gambling. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing the, okay, don't do all these things. But I was just thinking, what about the dangers? I, was, I couldn't find one place in the scripture that says, don't play slots. I couldn't find one place in the scriptures that said, don't touch those scratch-off things. I couldn't find one place that said, don't go to the Seneca nation. Yet here's what I did find. What I found in scripture 
were things like this. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and in Proverbs, the 28th chapter, we find that God intends us to acquire our assets by hard work, by diligence. I've never known anyone, and I'm meddling here now, okay? I've never known anyone to gamble themselves out of poverty. And everyone that I've ever kind of like said, well, you know, this is a bad idea. You know, look at, look at the building. Who, who's winning here? I mean, I mean, look at the lights. I mean, these people are obviously winning. Again, I'm going to be transparent about some things, and, and some of you will know some things about what I'm saying, but a lot of people don't, so, so don't get nervous and stuff like that. But, you know, I've, I've known of men who were so, you know, they'd spend, they, they, they were, they said, do you know gambling's addictive too? Addic- addictions uh, determine, and Paul says, I won't be mastered by these things. Some things are inherently addictive and have the capacity to, to, to master you. So, so you want to play with the dragon or do you want to slay him or you want to get away from him as far as you can? It's the dragon here. These things can master you. And when they master you, they take everything that you have. I remember a, a young man that I, re- that I worked with. Loved God. He loved God. But he was just, he liked off-track betting. He was so, you know, it's like, he'd go, and he'd throw the money down. He'd get paid, and in an hour and a half, a couple hours, three hours, before the day was up, he was flat broke. No money to pay for his car. No money to pay for food, etc., etc., etc. And then it would hit him. What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? To the point where he would even lean heavily on very close people to him, like mom and grandma and different people. Almost, I mean, violent. Violent. I need your money. I need to do this. I need to do that. Not everybody who's going to put a quarter in a slot machine will that happen to. But the principle is that we find in Scripture is that God intends for us to work hard. God intends for us to do well. And that's, that's where I find the things that I said, well, you know, gambling's a bad idea. Gambling's a bad idea. Gambling is a bad idea. Okay? It's danger zone. Okay? It's a danger zone. Yeah, yeah, are you with me on this? I mean, again, I'm not doing, you know, as, as a pastor, what, what's my purpose? To subjugate you? My, pa- my, my purpose is to help you see the, the, the principles in Scripture applied to the, the, the common things of today, and say, which way should I go? Again, if, if you're thinking, if you're sitting here and say, well, okay, it doesn't say I can't, so I will. Do it. But there's danger there. Now, you may be the one, you may be the one out of, out of 20 who walks into the fire and doesn't get burned. But as, a, as your pastor, I, don't, I want you to stay away from that. These things can master you, destroy you. Relationships. This is the third thing, and this is there are a lot of a lot of danger zones. Okay, okay. Relationships. Now here's one. Here's one where we have specific instruction, and, and a lot of people just blow it off. Okay. It says, uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of relationships, and let, let me talk about. Uh, it says, be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Paul. Paul speaks of that. I believe it's Second Corinthians, fourteenth chapter, somewhere like there. It's I've got it up there. Now. Why would, I mean, why would I say that's a danger zone? Because relationships are so important in our lives. I've got a woman here. 
We've been married. Stand with me, sweetheart. Um, she never knows what I'm going to do. 30, 36 plus years, okay? Now, I remember, you know where I met her? I met her in church. Didn't, didn't keep her from making eyes at me. She was sitting here, I was sitting over there, and I looked over and she was looking at me. Pick of the bunch. And I'm thinking, I think, maybe there's something here. And then I asked her out, and, you know, and, and the rest is history, okay? Okay? But here's the thing. You may, you may be seated, young lady. Um, here's the thing. Now, and I'm not holding myself up. I mean, could've, I could have really messed up along the way. Everybody can, okay? But I was looking for someone who loved God. <laughs> I wasn't really wanting to settle for somebody who wouldn't, who didn't. I don't know where that came from. I, did, I don't know where that came from. I mean, I was like, just like, I was 20. How, how old are you, Josh? 19. I was just a little older than you, okay? Where, I, I was a kid here. I wasn't real, real smart about a lot of things. Not a reflection on you. <laughs> but, 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 you know, a 19-year-old is as smart as a 19-year-old is, okay? A 20-year-old is, you know, you know what I mean. And, and, and so I'm sitting over here, and I'm thinking, I remember this young lady, she came to me, and, and, and you, know, you know how you find out that people like you? Their friends tell you. Such and such likes you. And I, and I thought, well, okay, you know. Nice lady. I wasn't talk, this wasn't Valley. This was somebody else. Earlier on, and I, and I looked over at her, and... And I said, well, she's a nice lady, girl, but I never see her at the altar. <laughs> I was a religious guy. I love Jesus. I had already tasted of the world and found that it, was, that it left a bitter flavor. I had already gone to drugs. I had already gone to booze. I had already gone to all the other things and found that there was bitterness. And I didn't want it anymore. I wanted God. I wanted the best that he had. And that's what I want for you. I said, well, I never see her at the altar. I remember one day, this is power prayer. I saw her just, she was, this other girl, she was standing up there, and, and, and I said, okay, I never see that girl at the altar. I'm sitting down here about where, where Kristen is, and I begin to pray. God, touch her. <laughs> I'm 20 years old. God, touch her. God, touch her. Lord, Lord, work in her life. Draw her close to you. And before the service was out, she was kneeling at the altar. I want you to know that prayer works. But I didn't want anything to do with her because I didn't think she loved God. Like I, she, somehow she didn't measure up. There's a video out that I kind of like. I thought it was kind of funny. It's a parody. It says, I like big Bibles. And I cannot lie. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and, and it's all about, uh, ladies, if you, if you really want to get close to me, if you really want, you know, you get, get close to Jesus. That's what, that's what touches my heart. It's a woman who loves God. The rest are a dime a dozen. The rest are a dime a dozen. Get close to God. Be somebody that somebody needs and wants. Just be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. God doesn't want bad things in your life. You say, well, look, I, you know, I, I, I just want to date, you know. I just want to date. I, most of the time, I can't remember. Anybody here ever get married to somebody who didn't date or didn't spend time with them? Oh, come on. Yeah, doesn't happen. I mean, it's like, don't even start the ramping up procedure. That's what it is. Dating's ramping up to marriage. And, and, and when we're young, we don't realize that. We just, you know, I just want to hang out. Here's the trap. You fall in love. 
You fall in love with somebody who doesn't love God. And that's the trap. I said it was a danger zone. You go into places and you touch things that you can't touch and you find, that you're, you find yourself enslaved or mastered. So you can't make the kind of decision God wants you to make because your heart has been, has been somehow compromised. Does that make sense? Young people, there's worse things, there's worse things than being alone. One, God's, okay, right? It's worse things. The worst thing is, is being with somebody and connected with somebody and hooked up with somebody who doesn't love God and does not share your vision and your passion for him. Okay? Pastor, you're telling us how to live. You, you better believe I am. You know? I mean, you do what you want. I mean, I think, I think we already know that. People live the way they want. But I want to tell you the truth, that there are some things out there that will clean your plow, that will destroy your life, that will take away your future, that will, that will, will put you into bondage. And the best thing you could do is run. Just like Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife. You run. You don't play. You don't spend time there hanging out and enjoying the view. You run. You get away. It's not how close to the fence that we can stand. Run. Like I said, I, I know I may have hit some people today. My purpose is not to, to, to preach the law and say, touch not, touch. You know, it's, I'll do that. But on these other things, this is a biblical thing. Now, what, what are the biblical principles here that, that you can apply to this? And you find these in there. The principles, and these are in the Corinthian passage that I mentioned. Profitability and edification. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. What's he mean by that? Or not, not everything edifies. Now, again, this is, here's what, what Paul is, Paul's trying to do here. He's, he's saying to them, you're doing this personal liberty thing because you want to do it. Everything about the Christian life has the dimension of the other. And he says... All things are, maybe all things are lawful, but they're not, they don't always help you. And they don't always build up you, build you up, build other people up. Does that make sense? See? And Paul is pushing us in that direction. I believe the Holy Spirit's pushing us in that direction. You know, one other other place that comes to mind right now, he says, let us remove the weights and the things that, are, that entangle us so that we can run the race of faith with, without a hindrance. Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that. Why would we want to carry extra weight on this trip? Why would we allow ourselves things that ultimately do not honor God and enslave us? Here are the, here are the other things. Profitability and edification. Do they edify? Being mastered or enslaved. You know? Some of these things that we say we have the liberty to do have the potential and the power to enslave us. You know it's true. You know it's true. You know it's true. And you keep saying, well, it won't happen to me. (laughs) Okay? Okay, it won't happen to you. 
That's your pastor. I said, I don't want you close to the fire. I, again, I'm recommending these things. Why? Because I want you to be successful in your Christian life. I want you to be successful in how you live for God. Here's the other thing he says. He says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? And that you were, you were not your own? You were bought with a price? That doesn't play well with Americans. Do you not know that there was a price paid for you, that you're not your own? And that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and it does matter? See, the Corinthians had this dual thing going. The spirit and the body. My spirit saved, but the body, it doesn't matter what I do with the body. Paul saying it does. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What you do does matter. What you do does matter. The last thing, the principle, and it touches on the edification. What about the other people in your life? Paul said, look, I can eat meat. But if it causes somebody to stumble, now this, this is Christianity. If it causes somebody else to stumble, I'm going to be a vegan. He didn't say it that way. He said, I won't eat it. Even though I have the liberty, if it causes somebody else to stumble, if, it, if somehow the, the, my, 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 the expressions of my personal freedom ultimately cause bondage for other people, I am going to withhold, uh, I'm going to withhold myself from the things that, that, uh, that I have complete freedom to do. See, that's love. That's love. That's dedication. That's forward thinking. That's God. These tough things, beloved, I want the best for you. I don't want you to be in bondage. I don't want you to be in just doing these things just because, okay, here's the rules. Pastor gave us some rules. We got to do these things. No, no. <laughs> Listen to God's spirit. What does he want of you? He wants purity. He wants holiness. Oh, you know, all of these things. And all oh, this is good. Isn't, doesn't it feel good when, when God forgives your sins? Doesn't it feel good? How's it feel when, it, when, when you're dirty? How's that feel? God forgives. God delivers. God heals. And he takes away. He takes away. Again, some of these things I've shared with you, there's no straight verboten, forbiddenness in some of these things. But, but I want you to know, I, I want to, I'm thinking of that crazy robot on what, what was the name of that, that show from the 60s? Danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger! Lost in space? Danger! <laughs> Pastor's lost in space. <laughs> danger! Because there is danger. And I want you to walk with God and love Him. Let's have some, let's have some music. <laughs> I like victory. Let's do victorious. Let's do victorious again. Let's worship the Lord. Let's close our service with a shout of victory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.